Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Monsieur. I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful co-host, remote, wonderful co-host, Alexander Volz. Say hello. Shit. It's going to be that kind of party. I might as well stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Oh, I know exactly the quote you're talking about. Who are we talking about today? The Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a new discography per episode. And uh, this one comes to us from Connie. She suggested that we talk about the Beastie Boys. She suggested Van Halen in the past, which is very fun. And uh, I was not looking forward to this one. <laughs> I, w- I was looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you, Connie, by the thing, way, for the suggestion. Things happen in the world, though. And uh, so you might notice know, <laughs> we're this cooped up at home. It was it was rough to get through this one. This because, uh, you know, yeah, so, you know, you know, I don't have laser focus right now. So uh, listeners and viewers might notice that we are fucking doing what every other goddamn podcast is doing. We are you're Skyping it in. We are at our homes because the world is going to come into an end and we're all going to die and it's not going to be OK. And we should all just give up now. I'm. Stop me, please. I'm just, I was hoping you would cut me off. You know, this Mike's soapbox, and uh, I'm only loosely affiliated. Ugh. Uh, no. Unless uh, the podcast does well, then uh, 50-50. Oh, of course, of course, of course. So, bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all, we're not like uh, officially quarantined as of this recording. We're just uh, highly encouraged quarantine. Uh, we're being responsible is what yeah. we're doing. Uh, who knows by the time this was, this releases uh, in a couple of weeks what the world would look like? Because last week uh, we were uh, are you, we were not <laughs> doing this. We were together. Yeah. And uh, if we don't die, we'll be together again soon. But uh, until then, yeah, doing this was fucking really hard for some reason. Like we have nothing to do, but we couldn't bring ourselves to do the thing that we always do anyway. It's. It's real hard to focus. Like I said, uh, shout out to anyone doing school or work right now. I uh, can't imagine what it's like having real responsibilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, no. Dude, dude, the lack of structure. Oh, my God. My life is in shambles right now. I have absolutely no fucking idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Things have never been more unpredictable for me, unfortunately. But uh, I so I went into Beastie Boys. Okay. First of all, quick backstory of the of the Beastie Boys. Uh, like personally, and yeah, that's what we do personally. Usually, I, yeah, I don't know. They've uh, they've always been around. They've like been. If you grew up in the the nineties, they're like the staples, and uh, like I don't think we've ever really talked about a band that has had like. So many crazy music videos either. Oh, I forgot not, about the Yeah. Oh, they're the best. The fucking best. Yeah. The, their music videos are always great. And I think that like helped them stay relevant, stay on top. I think uh out of like all the the rap group, like classic golden era rap groups, uh, it's kind of a random the a random one to have the longevity that I can't really even compare to yeah. any other hip hop artists. It's uh goddamn impressive, really. And it's okay, so 
Oh, I didn't. I mean, aside from growing up hearing the songs on the radio and stuff, uh, when I decided to give them a listen, like in my in my teens, I listened to just like two albums, and having heard those two albums, I was like, okay, all right, I, I get the gist. I'm I'm good. So this was I was not looking forward to this because I mean I liked one album and the other one I did not like at all, and by the end of it. I fucking love the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I'm a, a, okay. I have a okay. such newfound respect, and I'm pissed off at this album for ruining them for me because they, oh man, they did a lot. They're man, so unpredictable and fucking talented, and legit ass musicians. Uh, There's the, some surprises also, along the way. Also, it's like funny how much we talk, and like some bands don't come up. So like we've known each other for a few years and it's just like the BC boys have never come not up. Not once, not once. Yeah. <laughs> and if they had, I would, uh, I would have told you, but, uh, yeah, that's what the, that's what the podcast is for. Exactly. So, so thank you again to Carney for suggesting this one. This just seems like, it seemed like an obvious one that he, I probably wouldn't have thought to get around to sooner, but, uh, I feel like that's kind of like their MO, like, it's so obviously always the Beastie Boys, but they don't, they never get enough credit. Yeah. And even though they're insanely successful, but like, I remember people would talk about like best rappers alive. You never hear them bring up the Beasties. Oh, it's a, it's a freaking war crime. God, dude, <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> I get it. It's because they're Jewish. I understand. But still. It's not because of Jewish, but maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, they're, they are like old as fuck. <laughs> like so old. Yeah. Um, but it's funny when you have boys in your name and then you turn into an old, man. old men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit. Okay, so actual Beastie Boys backstory. What do you know? So uh, they formed in 1981 with uh, Adam Yacht. Youch, Adam Youch. Youch. And then there was uh, Mike D on vocals. And then they had two other people, John Barry on guitar, uh, Kate Schoenbach. <laughs> it's a mouthful uh-huh. on drums. And that was like the nexus of, uh, of the BC Boys when they were like a punk band. Yeah, they started uh, out as hardcore oh, punk. Uh, is it real? Like, not real fans, but like people who listen to full albums that's not surprising but if you just, mm-hmm. if you just know the hits that probably is surprising yep and then so they actually like opened up for bad brains dead kennedy misfits mm-hmm. uh it's an impressive resume what i remember is uh, that they named themselves the beastie boys because it had the initials bb because they love the bad brains so much is that true uh, I did not read that i read that beastie is an acronym for boys entering Arcanistic states towards inner excellence, Uh, which is a mouthful. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's cool. I did did hear the bad brains, the bad brains thing, quite a bit, though. I heard that a lot. I'm I'm sure it was. That sounds very likely. Um, And then, yeah. So the like lineup that we know as the BC Boys now that came in to like 1982. Uh, when Ad Rock was bought in, 
And also, I will say, I don't think I could separate the three members' voices until this podcast. Oh, dude, it started took a minute, man. <laughs> I took a, it took a second. So yeah, the way I would do it is Adrock is like he's more like high pitch, high pitch nasal. That's Adrock. Yeah, the sabotage dude. That's yeah. Adrock. Mike D is more neutral, but he's. St- like high, but not quite as like a cartoon character. Yeah, he's the most like neutral yeah. of the three, and then MCA is the more <gasps> that one. Yep, yep. There you go. <laughs> I'll do my best. So <laughs> the more gruff sounding of the three. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and then uh, oh, I'm an idiot, but uh, yeah, I guess you got the info on what year the uh. Yeah, these. So we're doing. They they totally total. They released eight albums, but we're going to be talking about nine because there's a compilation of all their hardcore punk stuff that they recorded when they were hardcore punk, which is uh, not canon, but I think is a. It's neat to talk about, and it's it's a nice representation of like where they came from. So first one, hmm? I think it's canon. Really, I think it's canon. You think it's canon? I wish you didn't think it was canon because I. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll talk about it in like a second. Uh, first thing, first album officially came out in 1986. Um, but the compilation that we're talking about came out in 1984. That was recorded around 1980, 1983. And the last album was released in 2011. So we're going to jump into that compilation right now. It's called Some Old Bullshit 1994. Here we go. Anyway, this is Noise the Show. I'm Timmy Summer. There was a really great show Annoying. last night down in downtown somewhere. Um, the BC Boys played. They were great. Reagan Youth played. They were great. Bad Brains, great, great, I great. wish I could skip this fucking great asshole so, so anyway, much. Anyway, we're going to hear something now from the BC <laughs> Should Boys. Should I know. Egg Raid on Mojo. They're one of New York's best. Okay, here we go. I guess. So this sounds up like ass. <laughs> I fucking hate this song. <laughs> Pretty standard. Dude, fuck that. No, no, those four chords are abysmal. Abysmal bullshit over. Oh, I hate those chords. So yeah, this is uh this is sabotage, guys. This is uh, intergalactic. Yeah, it is unfortunately, yeah. but okay, okay, okay. So yeah, so that's like Mike D singing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I gotta give it worst. Like, I really do. Uh, and it's, okay, I'm I'm also giving it worst. I was really I was really torn about where I wanted to so, divvy up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, this is worse. It's just not um, listenable. <laughs> I don't know. It's, loves it's short, huh? It's short, at least. Uh, yeah, and especially short when you start skipping songs like I had to because <laughs> it's so bad, dude. Okay, I fucking love hardcore. We talked about this countless times. I'm a big punk guy. This is the worst representation of hardcore punk that there is. It's like everything bad about the genre. Um, re- just so so generic. Uh, recorded like shit. Mike D's punk vocals are the most grating. It sounds like a 
a really obnoxious hybrid of Darby Crash and the singer from JFA. It's like just so over the top scratchy. That's, and that's funny. I uh, I wrote down sounds like the germs yeah. in my notes. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, you know, to be fair, I don't really like the germs at all, but I, 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 would, I would much rather listen to germs than this shit like any fucking day. Uh, it's bad. I can't like, I'm having trouble thinking of a single, a single song I would, I would sit through again. And two coming to mind, uh, Michelle's farm, because it doesn't have awful riffs, but I still hate the presentation and the vocals and stuff. And riot fight. Uh, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like the song, but it was on heavy rotation when I was like 16. Cause I had a friend. Oh, weird. Yeah. I had a friend. Uh, well, I had like a bunch of friends who were into hardcore and, and one of them, he had, he would give me a, a ride home every single night with his dad. And it was like the most uncomfortable car ride because his dad was this really stoic locksmith and he, he never spoke, but he, he seemed mad all the time. And every, every drive home, he'd be putting on his hardcore punk mix CD. And on there was the song, right? Fight by beastie boys, which is literally 30 seconds long. So yeah, I have a little nostalgia attached to it somehow. Yeah. They, uh, they would perform that opening track live. I think as recently up until like 2009. So they had really? a, a fondness for that song for whatever reason. I think it's my least favorite uh, song in the whole album. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like cookie puss is kind of like a, like transitional song. So mm. It's kind of Cookie Puss is kind of an inner interesting song, I think, and uh, okay, worth like checking out as far as like the bands like DNA and Evolution goes. It's like their first, uh, their first stab at hip hop, except it's hilariously bad. It's hilariously bad. They're not even rapping on it. It's just, it's just they're just like yeah, saying it's things like a uh, instrumental thing. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's basically a joke song, uh, but it's, it's hard to know where the jokes are exactly. Cause it doesn't really make any sense. It's like a guy doing, he's like, it sounds like they're prank calling someone like an actual prank call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Beastie revolution. If it wasn't for that song, we may not have gotten the beastie boys at all. Wait, because it was used illegally in a commercial for British Airways. Really? And then so they sued and they won and that allowed them to get the money to set up their loft slash recording slash practice. Really? Space. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, that song sucks. That that it really was that important? <laughs> it's so bad. That's amazing. Uh, it's super it's super maybe uh not like how it holds up, but it's super important. That is it I you know what I will I will put aside my hatred of that song just because of how much I do like like the band, but holy fuck, man! I and you know what? I have to go back to Cookie Puss. I have to because first of all, <laughs> it's like three minutes or something, but on an album that has thirty second songs, that's a lifetime. And then and then it continues into a separate track called Bonus Batter using the same essentially the exact same beat. Oh yeah. So it feels double long. And then, and then it has a different version of Cookie Puss at the very end of, of the album. So it, yep. they, they just keep throwing this horrible goddamn song on here. It's so bad. Oh, God, I hate it. 
I think it's okay. I really? started off optimistic. I think it's okay. Uh, it's uh it's I guess it's only for like diehard fans though. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, yeah. I wouldn't be talking to someone who likes punk and be like, oh man, have you heard like that that early Beastie Boys stuff? Oh never. Like it, it bothers me when like <sighs> So, so punk like this really bothers me because it's kind of what I feel like people think of when they think of punk, just aggressive kids playing really basic shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't lump that in with, you know, brilliant songwriters like dead Kennedy's a minor threat and stuff. You can't like, it's just, they're not the same. They're playing, they're both playing fast, I guess, but to call them the same thing is like not even, it's so unfair. I hate this. I fucking hate this album. <laughs> It's objective. I, I it's mean, objectively the it's, there's probably a reason they ditched the uh, the punk sound and went went rap. So yeah, uh, so like I don't want this to be canon. I don't feel like it's canon. It is objectively the worst. But the thing is, I don't feel like people are in danger of like listening to a bunch of Beastie Boys and then like going here for Beastie Boys. You're not gonna you're not going to going to this out for Beastie Boys. I have no. what I think is an, their actual worst album when they were the Beastie Boys. Uh but for sure this is objectively the worst, hands down. Uh let us move on. So this is the first actual album that we all know of. 1986. I didn't just cue it up. Hold on. Shit. Like <laughs> 1986, license to ill. Yeah, you got the uh, Led Zeppelin drum beat on there. Oh, that's what that's that's a sample of the drum. Yeah, it's pretty well sounds so good. The, uh, huh? And then you got the uh, Black Sabbath sweet lip beat, ah, sweet lead guitar riff. It's not a sample, is it? That doesn't sound like a sample at all. No, that's there's no way. No, it's just similar. There's no way that's the same one. Uh, I'm looking at it as we I'm speak. I'm pretty because, sure it is. Because pre- it just sounds like it doesn't sound like it's the actual. There's no way. Uh, I think it is. I think it is. Okay, you're the guy, but I'm looking it up anyway. Because for one, least favorite, fuck this album. I, It's a, it's definitely a confusing album. Um, I think it's like confusing for them too. How do you uh, mean? It, because it, it like birthed, it's like frat frat stuff. It's um, yeah 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 yeah. Go on. And and they said it was done tongue in cheek, but um, I don't know. I just think they were young and stupid. But also, they did distance themselves from it mm-hmm. quick enough. Uh, from a Run DMC episode, people know I like the like early uh hip hop with the rock yeah. on it that 
classic uh, Rick Rubin production. Right. And you I also guess. know that uh, if you heard the same episode that I fucking hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> go on. Go on. So, yeah, it's a lot of that. I think, yeah, I like that opening track, Rhyming and Stealing. Mm. Oh, by the uh, way, you're, you're, you're 100% correct about the Sweet Leaf thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. you're the research guy. <laughs> but go on. Um, <clears throat> the new style, I like the transitions Hell yeah. between between like the beats and the the rhymes are more intricate dude that's uh, like whoever did whoever programmed the drums in new style is real damn creative like it that song goes all over the place that's like one of the few songs in here that i actually really like yeah it's uh it's real interesting and then it uh you know burst some of their their biggest hits like she's crafty yeah like you know, there's you know, the Zeppelin goes- sample that goes back to what I was saying where they like distance themselves real quick because they like, they didn't perform that song after 1987. They were like, this is not, this is not cool. Yeah. And they claim, yeah. they claim it was all like a parody and you got things like girls, which Dude. is like a staple oh God, I uh, fucking hate okay. on radio for whatever reason. Okay. Why did that song become synonymous with the Beastie Boys? It's so fucking, it's so bad. It's so annoying. It's so I annoying. Have, I've never liked it. Fight me. I don't care. I hate that song. It's like so, it's like so, sorry. Let's <laughs> keep doing it over here. with uh, with like jock rock radio ding, ding, to me. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I mean that one uh, along with Fight for Your Right, like another piece of shit song that got so much. It still gets so much airplay. I and think Brass Fight Monkey, for Your Right fuck. is is good but it's definitely played out at this point like in my life there's like no reason to throw on fight for your right uh the only thing i hate as much as girls if not more is brass monkey I'll, I'll, brass I, monkey yeah so, i don't God. i know at least over here in the los angeles area kroq loves girls they love brass monkey they play it all the fucking don't time get it. And i don't get it Brass Monkey, I I will say, is interesting in the sense that they're probably rhyming faster than a lot of other other acts were at the time. I guess. But also they have a full discography of great songs where they are very fast and they're putting this poor shit still. uh, Eventually. Eventually. But I'm just saying at the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. At the time. um, mm -hmm. And then the other big one which I can still listen to Paul Revere is, yeah, is good. I dig all the reverse instruments on there. Um, but I, I have like a, a personal vendetta against this album because this is the reason I never gave them a, a, like a really depth chance because I hate all these songs so much. And this is what they're known for. Like it's this in like two other hits essentially. Uh, I don't, I guess I was just more hip to them because, yeah, these, you know, we just listed off a laundry list of songs. And, and, and No um, Stick Till Brooklyn, it's another one. It's another one that's, it's like. I, it's, I still like that. I don't that hate picture. it. Like, I, I get that. You no, know, it's, it's objectively a decent song. I still don't care for it. Uh, but they all sound really good on it. But like all those songs, these it's all, they've never sounded like that ever again. <laughs> ever again. No, no. And then No Sleep Till Brooklyn features uh, Carrie King, who we oh, talked right. about uh-huh. for damn near 
almost three hours. Uh, Slayer episode 30. Yes, please go listen to that. Uh, what do you do? Oh, uh, guitar, he did the guitar like, solo, but it was funny because MCA didn't like Slayer and Carrie King obviously does not like rap music. Obviously. So it was this kind of like Rick Rubin pulling these two forces together and it ended up ended up working, I think. Dude, you just like at a certain point, you just got to abandon all of your entire being to trust Rick Rubin. The dude yeah. seems to know what he's doing like all the time. I will say I didn't I didn't read this when we did Slayer, but he was working on this Beasties album, Rain and Blood. And what is it? The cult. uh, The cult's electric. He was working on all three albums at the same time. So that's fucking. That's amazing. I never heard the cult. Now I want to hear that album just because of just because of this. Oh, I think you'll hate the call. They're <laughs> okay. this like rocking, rocking good times. Just rocking good times. Hey, I, I can, I can have a good rocking. time. I can have a rocking good time. I'll right. take that All from right. me, Alex. Uh, I probably won't though. I probably hate it. Um, but no, for sure, this is my least favorite. But then I, I do, like, I do like their voices. Like, this is you know obviously the first glimpse we hear of these strange fellas. Uh, they sound like annoying teenagers, but it's. It's like charming. Like I don't, it, it's, you want to hate someone who talks like this and raps like this, but <laughs> it's hard to, for some reason. I don't understand it. I think one of the reviews for the album was like a bunch of dumbasses make a masterpiece or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> you, you are, you are alone in feeling that way. I don't think it's a masterpiece, not even a fucking little bit, but I do get why people like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh again, it's very interesting like this compared to the rest of their career, but uh yeah, again kind of like the punk one, not really indicative of no. who they are. But it is what most people I think would think of. Uh I well, cuz like growing up watching MTV, you had all like the crazy videos and that's what like I associate them with that more like mm. mid mid career. Well, that's good. I only remember one of their videos because I saw it endlessly. Uh, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened because it was fucking bananas. But uh, I I, I want to look that up because I, I have to know which song it was. But <clears throat> uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, that, that you know I feel like I probably got under someone's skin. Like how much how much just shat all over this beloved album? But goddamn. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, I would feel like your your take was more controversial if the if they didn't distance them distance themselves so far from mm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that, but yeah, it's uh, it's reassuring. Eh, eh, eh. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Now we are at a very large album, a very very big album. This is 1980. I didn't cue it up again. God damn it! I'm not. Good at this. I'm so you see you do. That's this. my job. Yeah. You got over there. Uh, yeah, this is 1989. Paul's boutique. Uh, You're like, okay, this is like the beasties I know. Yeah. 
Oh shit, getting real funky. Getting real funky. So many fucking things are happening right now. It's insane. But I want to wait for this song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. And now we're in a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different world. Holy shit, this is awesome. done so many things it's been on for a minute it's amazing all right let's talk let's talk so yeah man i went back and forth until this day i'm gonna give it best best uh yeah this was my favorite coming in i only heard this one in last it was a kid uh and i like this one a lot but this so like we said it's real dense oh my um, god is it dense this album, for those who don't know, kind of broke sampling. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's actually an urban legend that they didn't clear all the samples. They said they did. Mm-hmm. Did they? But but um, there, there have been records now that have spent more money on uh, samples. But because at the time, hip hop wasn't the the force it is to be reckoned with now so they were kind of allowed to get away with a lot of it um but yeah it's it's a weird album i remember reading about it and people talk it up to death and like i didn't instantly understand it like Mm -hmm. there's like there's so much sampling going on it's almost like a wall a sound where you can't appreciate it you got to really pay attention. And this is how I feel about it. I feel like because there's so, there's so many samples. There's so many samples that most, if not every song, uh, really sounds like Frankenstein together. So mm-hmm. it's the, the, the samples themselves aren't really altered that much the way a lot of rappers would do like pretty soon after this. So like you hear the transitions between samples. So it sounds like really choppy. And because there's so many samples in each song, uh, it like, they, they'll use a sample for anything like like the way yep. a, a drummer uses fills for for embellishment they'll just do a, a completely unique sample just for like for the fuck of it like it's just there, it's, there, there's so many times where they'll be doing a rhyme this to lead into a sample that rhymes also yeah it's, it's amazing it, <laughs> like a clip it's from impressive a movie. For, yeah and so the some history getting mm-hmm. away from our personal feelings about the album. Um, so they were, they were like burnt out and Def Jam was like, we need, we need another uh, license to ill. And they're like, we're fucking burnt out. Like we don't want to record right now. Mm. And they're like, well, until you do, we're going to kind of hold these royalties hostage. Um, somehow they navigated their way out over to Columbia records, um, got away from New York to LA, very cliche thing to do. And they met the dust brothers who Mm -hmm. 
I know for doing the Fight Club soundtrack. Interesting. Uh, they have a weird career. They also uh, did Hanson's Bop. Oh and God! So oh, they should be killed, stoned. <laughs> they they are interesting dudes and and definitely help push the the BCs away. Like this is one of the most interesting jumps for any artist mm, between yeah. albums. I think not even the down. same band. Not even the same band. Yeah. And then um, these were this all, all beats and stuff that they were this the the Dust Brothers were going to put out as um, instrumentals. Mm-hmm. And the BCs were like, just give us that. And they're like, well, these are real dense. Do you want us to like strip it down? Maybe just the beats. And they're like, no, we're going to figure out a way to like rap over this stuff. And they fucking did. It's really interesting. Like, dude, I love High Plains Drifter so much. Dude, fuck the Eagles, dude. Like, it, the main sample is uh, those shoes by the Eagles. And not only did I hear this this song before that, but it's like ruined me for the Eagles song because like I'd be out, you know, I, I used to work at a grocery store like a while back, like years ago. And that the Eagles song would come on and I, always, and I always think like, oh, badass, the Beastie Boys. And it would just be the fucking mm-hmm. Eagles. Just the biggest letdown you could ever have. But that song specifically, like... The way I think it's uh, MCA and Mike D, they're like echoing the song title behind Ad Rock, doing just rapping over over both of them. It's so fucking interesting. It's like I don't know, like something about it. I just love the way it's done so well. I I will also say we didn't even really talk about this, like that trademark Beastie Boys vocals rapping, mm. like you don't really get too many rap groups where they jump out in and out on lines yeah it's crazy it's very it's very structured this guy gets first this guy gets a verse yeah. and they, cut, they all come uh, the together BC- at the end kind of thing yeah and then the beasties kind of just throw that it's like i'll do a line you'll do two lines uh so and so will do x amount of, and they're this jumping in and out all over the track very few instances and some of them are actually on this album where it's this mca gets a verse adderock gets a verse mike d gets a verse mm-hmm. it's yeah it's really interesting it reminds me of it, it's not dissimilar to run dmc um in the early days but there's more of them so it, it does it, it is still more interesting um and that that style man like it, it really went away in the 90s um, like with Wu-Tang and stuff where they would get full verses with, for each member. Uh, but BC boys kind of kept that up throughout their entire career. The, the whole in and out walk all come together for this, you know, this last line type thing. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause if you go watch uh, a hip hop group now or live, they'll usually have like a posse with them and everyone does that last line live. Yeah. It's kind of, so it's like they're this is doing what they did mm-hmm. did live in the studio. Uh, what else? I mean, every song in here can be dissected because it's just unbelievable how many samples. Like, however many, if you haven't heard this album, you're you're wondering how many. It's a lot more than than that. It's like it's I so think it's many. like a hundred and thirty three or something crazy. Christ, man. Uh, and like, I don't love every song, but like. Man, they're all like, even if you don't really like a certain part, halfway through the song, it's a completely different song. Like it, each song goes through an insane amount of changes. Um, this this is probably like the first uh, album I've give, 
given best album to just on like premise of how insane the album is as a whole because i can't like i got a few songs Mm. but like it doesn't work like that like you gotta hear the whole thing like yeah aside from it's hard go on yeah it's 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 very hard for me to point i can like point to examples but those are just small parts of what it is as a whole yeah like the ones that i mean my favorites are happens drifter and car thief those are like i feel like i mean kind of consistent. dude car thief has a sample on there that i thought was probably like an obscure like band from europe or something like jazz mm-hmm. fusion band it's just the jackson five <laughs> it's fucking crazy how, like how uh, illegal would this album be today <laughs> i think I think you could do it. It would cost a lot of money, though. Um, and then I guess um, if people are familiar with like Girl Talk, like he does very sample heavy stuff. It's really impressive the way he blends uh, pop music and songs. You wouldn't mm-hmm. like makes these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out of pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, Girl Talk. He just he just put it out. So, like, if someone wanted to do something like this today, I, I don't think it would be released as an official album. It would just be, it would yeah. be, yeah, yeah. It would just be put out on the internet, and you could just get it for free. Um, yeah. Death Grips, their first album, has a lot of samples on it too. So, mm-hmm. and that's not really uh, commercially available anywhere. It's not. I mean, that makes sense based on what you said. Um, yeah so uh, yeah someone wanted to do something like this but also like what would like what would the point be like you you'd have to do something pretty crazy to justify all the samples yeah because then yeah it's just like well like paul's boutique and other things have done that like what sets you Mm-hmm. apart from right. the rest and and like this one like i said earlier like it's not as you said peanut butter and jelly together it's frankenstein together like there's no seamless blending of things like there are like there's a lot of songs where they don't the transitions make no musical sense like it just they'll just throw in a little melody from a song it has like it, it makes zero sense with the rest of the song it's just in there and like i don't really really like that as a song but as like a sound collage <laughs> it's real fucking interesting and that's kind of what the whole thing is like as a whole like like a perfect example is uh the the final song song is like a you know general term oh, that's b-boy uh, booyah best that's one of the craziest fuck, i can't even say it one what one of the craziest songs and one of the craziest hips hip-hop songs yeah. ever because it's it's broken up in chunks, but it's technically one song. It's like a suite. What? Yeah. So it has, you know, it's broken up to a bunch of songs. Each little song has its own kind of name, but it's all under the name B-Boy, uh, Boo, Booya Bess, Booya Bess, I think. I don't know. It looks like French. Something like that. Um, And it's like 12 minutes total with like a bunch of, it, it's real good. But it's like a another example of like it mo- mostly being like a sample sound collage. Uh, it's not really a cohesive song. It's just a bunch of cool things smashed together. And oddly enough, it reminds me of Satan's Curse from Merciful Fate because it's like, <laughs> it's not really a good song. It's just a bunch of really cool things underneath one 12-minute package. Yeah, I think uh, 
something that really like stood out to me on that is the section a year and a day uh mca's verse on that is this fucking nuts like oh shit you know what? i'm gonna put it on a little I bit because I, I, I don't remember exactly yeah i didn't i didn't write any of the lyrics down but yeah if you want to throw on a year and a day like that that particular section yeah. stands out a lot to me here we go Oh, this one, yeah. Get that out. Dude, the Isley Brothers. Who's that lady? It's Harley. That's what that is. It's who's that lady? I didn't even realize. I was wondering what that was. real good but it's the way it's produced you can fucking barely tell like um it's one thing about the the vocals in this entire album uh it sounds like they had less money oddly like kind of ironically because uh i think i've, I've never heard vocals produced this oddly in a hip-hop album before i think they might have having gone from def jam to mm-hmm. columbia and then i don't know how much like pre-production they did i don't know the exact story if this was like them and the dust brothers messing around Mm -hmm. and then they took it to columbia or if columbia was this like we're gonna have fight for your right Uh, to party part two and i'm columbia kept them on the labels even though this uh commercially did not do well did it not it's weird like critics knew immediately what this album was amazing (laughs) yeah like they didn't even tour for this album really did so poorly oh my god really Uh, yeah shit that's super depressing yeah i can't think of another like crazy like yeah where the band didn't even tour it's it's nuts that's completely insane oh man uh that's that's Super sad, but I mean, I guess it's getting. I mean, it's, it's been getting its love for a while. Like this is pretty beloved. Um, as oh yeah, and the BC Boys. If if they ended up fine, they yeah yeah. But, I mean, giant arenas yeah. until the day they ended. So yeah, uh, but I, the last thing I'll say about the vocals because I don't want to brush over too much is that uh, a lot more. You know, it's a thing that you kind of take for granted with hip hop. You never ever hear reverb on hip hop vocals ever. Because it doesn't sound oh, yeah. good. It doesn't. It's like it's like a, a, a staple in the industry. It doesn't sound good. We know this. There's a lot on here. There's a lot of weird uh, post production stuff on the vocals. It has like a lo-fi vibe to it. They're kind of like in the back too. Like it's strange how secondary rapping is for this hip hop album is. Yeah, I think that goes back to the uh, the Dust Brothers production mm. and this like where this everything is forced Mm -hmm. but it came out like beautifully for whatever reason like so yeah like it's supposed to be instrumentals like we're gonna force these vocals on and Mm -hmm. it's gonna work damn it and yeah uh yeah everyone came through yeah so uh, if you haven't heard this one fucking listen to it please but also don't expect any hits 
Like, <laughs> and also, also don't like throw it on in your car or while you're doing chores. Like, sit there yeah. and listen to it. Yeah, the BC Boys have a lot of albums. A lot of them are really good for that. That we'll talk about a little later. They're really good mm. for like background stuff. Really good to hang out and listen to in the car, or whatever. This one, this is like a this is a piece of art. This is a good ass one. Yeah. So, let us move on. To the year of my birth, 1992. Check. I fucking didn't pull it up again. God damn it. Okay. I'll get the hang of it. That's what I got. 1992. Check your head. This next one is the first song on our new album. crazy but it's uh it doesn't sound quite as uh chopped together no this is uh easier to digest Is that the record scratching, like over the top record scratching crap? Yeah, that would be uh, DJ Hurricane. Okay, let us talk. I think this is, uh, yeah, this is my personal favorite. Personal favorite. Personal favorite. We are fucking Damn. on the same page today. That is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Being stuck inside will make crazy things happen. I know. Um, it's a great fucking it's, album. It's kind of. This sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's like the best kind of palate cleanser mm-hmm. after Mario or uh, Paul's Boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, they started playing instruments again. Oh yeah. So you got Mike D on drums, MCA on bass, Adderock on guitar. They're real then, good. Uh, <laughs> they're real good. And then they're the their secret weapons for uh, a lot of their production is uh, Mario C, mm. his engineer on a lot of this stuff from here on out. And then uh, they had a guy named Money Mark on keyboards on here, and he also just phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal job. So, which which songs are they playing live or recorded live or whatever? Uh okay, off the top of my head, uh gratitude for sure. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah. Gratitude's one of my favorite BC Boy songs yeah. ever. And uh and threes has gotta be live, or it's gotta be them. I did not write down each one, but yeah, I'll, I think most of the like instrumentals. Yeah. It's are, also yeah, this is also the first time we start getting their instrumentals. They're fucking awesome. I love their instrumentals. They they do this for like the rest of their career pretty much. They'll space mm-hmm. space out the albums with instrumentals, uh, and it works phenomenally. I I really like how they <laughs> do it. Um, and this is like a most of their albums are pretty pretty big. This is another long album. Paul's Boutique was like an hour. This one's you know another hour. <clears throat> but one thing I like about them is that 
they really it's 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 also another reason why I'm pissed off that people only know the hits is because these albums are constructed like full fucking albums. There, you could tell a lot of time went into crafting the flow of them in the in the pacing because mm-hmm. it's that's how they they come across. Like you'll you'll get like you know two energetic tracks and then you'll get like you know a slower one and then you'll get an instrumental to, to you know to kind of clean the slate and then you're back with another energetic like it's it flows uh, like they wanted you to listen to it as a full album. Yeah, and I I kind of feel like a lot of their albums get a little weak on the back end, um, and I don't know if that's just because the front of the albums from here on out are so like loaded with hits if that was done purposefully but uh that's just something to keep in mind uh, going forward i don't feel like that with this album i thought a lot of the later songs like uh i mean even well you know i'm gonna start looking at the track list because i forgot the fucking order um shit yeah, no, like in yeah, in three, like the last two tracks, in three, in three's, yeah, in the Mustay or Namaste if you're super white, um, like I, I know it to be fair, I do hate Professor Booty. I think it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, what are the hits? You know, I mean, pass the mic. I mean, goddamn, does that song hold up? So what you want? Kind yeah, of propelled them. Oh yeah, back so into the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, this one's not like loaded with hits. It's just a fucking cool album that you yeah. can throw on really for anything. Yeah, this this one felt like the most ple- like where Paul's boutique is is kind of a really monumental art piece, and it's like you got to pay attention to it. And it's not super enjoyable the whole way through. This one is like you go to this one if you just want to relax and listen to the goddamn Beastie Boys. Yeah, this one you can put on in your car or yeah. doing chores, and uh, yeah, it's good. Um, and then we even got uh, "Time for Living," which uh, oh yeah, you get some of the the punk stuff. Yeah, there. It's just like I don't ever hear people talking about the punk songs that they recorded as the Beastie Boys, like <laughs> they 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 still kept making punk songs. Like this one is like a little bit on the slower side. But still, it's like a random punk song thrown in the middle of a hip hop album. And actually, uh, past the mic, I swear to God, I, mean, I could just look it up right now. But I'm pretty sure I heard uh, a Bad Brain sample from the intro to the Big Takeover because I love Bad Brains, and I, of course, would recognize anything taken from them. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. That. Yeah, I'm sure it's in there. But uh, fuck, man, what else can I say about this album? I don't know. It's. So, I don't know. I can name a bunch of songs. So, Something's got to give. I think Something's got to give. That is crazy. The production on that. It's so damn good. So damn good. I think it's like a, a mixture of live music mm-hmm. with recorded music. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's a lot going on in that song. Like, I feel like post uh, Boutique, their production doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. Because it's just kind of like, well, that's like the peak of insanity, but it's still real interesting, I think. Yeah, it's as crazy. It's just integrated better. So you don't notice these jumps, these crazy choppy jumps. Uh, it's uh, By the way, the, it, I just looked it up. It is the big takeover from Bad, from Bad Brains. Yeah. I know my Bad Brains when I hear it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the, yeah, like I, I, I even wrote down on my notes. It's no more Frankensteining the stuff together. Um, it's like way more accessible it's not as fascinating i guess from like an art standpoint but it's just way more way easier to listen to so much so much easier to listen to um yeah but yeah i don't know 
it, it just the pacing alone is enough for me to, to want to keep coming back to this one. Uh, love it. Love it. Yeah, I think my love for it comes from uh, gratitude because I heard that. I think it came on shuffle and I was like, who's this fucking crazy band? And I checked my iPod. It was fucking the Beastie Boys. Dude, I was like, uh, what it, the fuck? Yeah. It's funny. I remember uh, I don't listen to Adam Carolla as much as I used to, but I used to listen to him a lot. And like, you know, I love Adam Carolla and I hate Adam Carolla and I hate him uh, because if he, if he ever talks about music, the man is a fucking moron. This guy does not know music to save his fucking life. And one of the bands that he hates more than anything in the world is the Beastie Boys. Um, and he always just cites, you know, the same shit I would cite. Fucking Brass Monkey. Like, yeah, that song yeah. sucks. I get it. If you were to put on any of these fucking songs for him, he would shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> they're just, they're, they're objectively great. Like, especially when it's, you hear them playing these full-ass instrumentals and you, they're clearly talented musicians. Uh, you can't deny that. It's too good. Too good. Too good. Yeah. So that is both of our favorites. Let us move on once again. This is 1994. Ill communication. That's some uh, some Austin Powers flutes right there. Yeah. That's a thing they would do for a big part of the career. Those fucking Austin Powers flutes. This Yeah, like I said, this could have been like a double album if it was like Check Your Head, Ill Communication. I don't think most people would like bat an eyelash. I They should because this one is also fucking over an hour long. <laughs> like they're, they're yeah. Long. Don't make it two hours. I'm glad they're separate albums. I'm very glad. So uh, random fact, this has uh, one of Suicidal Tendencies drummers really? is on this album. Interesting. Amory Smith. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, if so, what you want really like put them back in the limelight, sabotage. Yeah. This solidified that. And that's one of the videos I would watch all the mm -hmm. time. Uh, Holds up. It's fucking great. One of the best like hyped up songs ever. It's probably on like everyone's like running or gym playlist oh, yeah, as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um and then bc boys don't really feature a lot of people like bismarck key is oh, like on right. a few which interludes on uh i forget what biz is on but one of the tracks i forget if it's this one or the other one because i can't look it up mm -hmm. due to the video stuff uh they have like the biz versus the nuge mm -hmm. nuge ah ted nuge whatever yeah and then uh, get it together. Uh, you get Q-Tip. Oh on yeah, there. one of the one of the few people to be featured on a Beastie Boys track. So that's that's cool. Yeah, Q-Tip from a uh, Jaguar Quest. Like 
I I was washing dishes he, when I came out. I was like, holy shit, it's Q-tip. I know it. I know it. I know it. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, he fits in so effortlessly with them too. Yeah. Where like, if you show like an alien that track, they would just think Q-tip was part of the group. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably a testament to how good Q-tip is generally. Uh, Cause even on that track, he's so good. Like he's probably the only thing I really, really like about that track. Um, it's fine, but he's really, really good on it. Well, he probably him and the Beastie Boys. I feel like they kind of have like a similar mindset as far as production and what hip hop can be. For sure, like the, along with Checkout Quest, Beastie Boys don't get nearly enough credit for for being so musical. Like the music was yeah. front and center. Uh, didn't didn't realize that going in. Uh, did not realize how musical they'd be. It's fucking awesome. I love it. Yeah, such a pleasant surprise. Um, the the they're well, they're back with more punk songs. They got a uh, and these ones I think are a lot better than the the one on the previous album. Tough guy, which is decent. Heart attack yeah. man. Heart attack man is for damn sure the best hardcore song they have. I'm putting that motherfucker <laughs> on. Listen to this. It's a little dilly about a good guy. I swear to God, it gets hardcore. You know, heart attack man. You know, he weighs so in pretty hefty. Goddamn it! My man's like too many hefty. How much you weigh? He's like the guy in an empty bag. Okay, okay, let's speak <laughs> from here. Yeah, this is a party right party. They have range, goddamn! They have so much range. Like that is what I really wish that first album would have been. Like that's clearly they they're good. They can do it. Yeah. Um. um some gems mm. that uh, I like Eugene's Lament. That song is great production wise, and then uh, Shambhala. And uh-huh. the song before that, you get the, uh, or no, after you get the like Tibetan monk. Oh, right. Uh, vocals. Yeah. Bodhisattva. Which is, sattva. I, I'm not going to try to read that. That's a hard word to read. <laughs> Bodhisattva. Yeah. I don't. Um, but yeah, those songs, those are actually aren't samples. Those were like recorded really? with actual like Tibetan monks. So of that's all pretty things to not sample. Like they find the hardest <laughs> thing to do live. <laughs> I know. Jesus. It's Christ. ridiculous. But yeah. Uh, what was the opening track? You got that. You got uh, root down, mm. you know, great, great. Like BC boys staples. Um, what else? I like flute loop a lot too. Like, Oh yeah. That's, they're that's really a going sample. I was saying it a little bit during that first song. They, they're really, they start messing with that. Those Austin powers flutes. And like, it's so <laughs> it's, it's calming. It's a weird calming kind of thing where it, like they're, they're already messing with the jazziness and the lounginess here. Like on mm. like, uh, like Ricky's theme as, as an example of that. It's an, it's an instrumental, but it's like, you know, way more musical, lovely kind of kind of, really really chill it's very chill i'm gonna use that word um and they 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 do 
they just keep they keep doing more of that throughout the career. But here it's very nice. And again, just like the last album, it's spaced in a way that's very easy to digest, paced very well. Uh, it's a full fucking album. It's it's they they're throwing in the instrumentals to, to to give you a nice palate cleanser. There's a hard there's a hardcore song thrown in there every now and then. It's just easy to listen to it. Um, I do think the overall most of the hip hop tracks are like weaker than the last album, which is why that one was my favorite. Mm. Um, but like the instrumentals and the hardcore songs are so well done that it still kind of compensates. I yeah, feel like yeah. This was definitely the album I I listened to the most as a as a youth. Mm, really? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know why this one over the other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Fucking real good. Well, actually, one <laughs> thing, one, one thing I, I uh, forgot to mention in the, the last one, uh, Mike D and Adrock. Well, basically, Mike D and Adrock are the hardest ones to decipher. Like MC is the only one who sounds different. You get the two annoying teenager voices. Uh, on the last album, they were really like they were less squeaky and annoying, and they sounded mm-hmm. as similar as like more similar than they ever have. Here, they're way back to being whiny, and it, for some reason, I was glad about that. <laughs> like, I like the Sa- whininess. Sabotage is like the the trademark like ad rock yeah. vocals. Uh, that and then uh, I forget what song where he says, and that's been like sampled. That was on. That's been like, yeah, that's been sampled to death. So uh, uh, I was, think that yeah, go on. That and sabotage are definitely like the oh my god, it's yeah. a mirage. It's almost, <laughs> it's like a nasally person like making fun of a New York person. That's almost. how he fucking talks though. He has that. He has that Brooklyn accent. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all do, I guess. Uh, no, that, that drop, that drop, drop, drop sample where he says that yeah. th- that was on the first, that was on lessons to ill. I don't remember which song, but they also, he also does it again on intergalactic, I think, uh, which is yeah, going to be the next intergalactic, album. And then, uh, yeah, other groups have, have, it's this, at this point, it's just a, a staple in yeah. the uh, sampling hip hop community. Mm. Okay, here we go. We're gonna move on to the one with the dumbest fucking album cover. <laughs> I wish we had like I could just probably put it in post, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm lazy. Uh, this is a uh, holy shit. 1998. That's a good ass song. I feel like this is the album I should have like been listening to the most 
as a kid because mm-hmm. like intergalactic was like my first introduction to the beastie boys mm-hmm. that's and like yes. it was like despite the fact that i didn't like or like wasn't attracted to the music it's like well it's fucking robots fighting monsters Mm -hmm. like of course i'm gonna watch the shit out of this music video and then the song this like grew on me and Mm -hmm. man i i would have also i think if we didn't consider the punk stuff canon i think i would have given this one worse really you get this one worse I would it's because like outside of money making body moving and intergalactic like it didn't really stick with me. How can you deny flow and prose? That song is I don't fucking know. awesome. No, I'm putting it on. How dare you? How dare you? You know what, Alex? Do it. Do I'm tired it. of your shit. We're done here. Hold on. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is fucking dark and heavy. I love it. I want to murder someone with this. Cause the cause the cause the pros the most key is we are like it was full of snow to be Yeah, I don't know. Stop doing it. I want to turn it off. I love it so much. Oh man, it's so creepy and like stalkerish. Oh, it's fucking great. But Alex doesn't like it. Also, you're talking about the album cover. I think <laughs> it was a very clever idea that went awry on them. Wait, what's the idea? It, I mean, I, go on. Sorry. The idea was that you were supposed to get the album in actual like sardine packaging. So, okay, so like for, a metal tin. Like you would buy the metal tin and peel it open and have like the album inside. But uh, I think this like the production cost on I that would bet. have been ridiculous so for those who don't know the cover is literally the three of them in a sardine can with the lid kind of peeling off uh it's i don't so feel stupid. like they have i don't feel like they have great album covers in general though so i'm just like oh whatever it's another oh i like i like paul's boutique i like that cover a lot that one it's literally just the cover it's just the, the front of a store called Paul's just Boutique. something you can go see with your own eyeballs. <laughs> absolutely but it somehow it captures the feel of like the the strangest whatever uh we yeah. talked enough about that album but this one i do agree that it's 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 significantly weaker than the past bunch uh but it is the longest album too it's like yeah like 70 something minutes something like that it's real fucking long uh and I, the first half, okay, it's kind of like two separate albums. It's really dichotomized. It really feels like two different, like the, the second half is this more experimental, way more instrument heavy, um, mellow stuff. And then the first half is like, you know, intergalactic and, uh, you know, the song we were just listening to, well, the, the intro, you know, is super money making. Yeah. It's way, it's a lot more electronic. It's a lot more, I guess, <sighs> I don't know. Regular is, is, is the, this sounds like a bad word to use, but it's fine. I don't, I'm kind of annoyed by most of it. I don't like the move <laughs> or, or remote control. I hate and me, uh, fucking even intergalactic. Like it's solid, but like, I think it's overrated. I just hate the fucking, really? there's a lot I, about it. I don't like, I love the fucking robot vocals. Love that. I love a lot of, a lot about that song, but I still think 
I would choose Flow and Pros over that song any fucking day. Any fucking day. Damn. Yeah. I don't know. Intergalactic is just so like. I thought it was cool too. Mm-hmm. Like in the music video, how like when they're not rapping, the other two guys stop and then get back in. Yeah. The person who's rapping. It was just uh, something that that's stuck with me. And I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I, I respect that. Uh, no, for sure. Will, the first half is so misleading, though. Like when I was listening to this, I thought like, oh, this, they just got boring. They got less adventurous and they got more basic. Then the second half comes around and it's like like instant death is like a fucking adult contemporary coffee shop kind of song. <laughs> like it's it's completely unexpected. Also like the Grasshopper Union. That one's very cool too, but I digress. Yeah, they just, I don't know if this, like I said, nothing stuck with me. I don't even like hate anything on this album. It's just like, I don't know. Maybe also like Intergalactic is like too big of a song to me. And then the yeah. rest are, they're more, they're more like quiet. Not like that they're, they're soft songs, a lot but of they're not. Though. Okay, I guess they are. Like, like, like dude, uh, I don't, like, uh, I don't know. And picture this, str- like, there's fucking female vocals and picture this. Some girls singing. I don't know who it is, <laughs> but it's not uh, what you would expect from a Beastie Boys song. And it's it's interesting too. It's like it's got those fucking you know those fl- Austin Powers flutes. It's got these psychedelic synths going on. It's a, it's an interesting song. Um, I don't know. Is like another um, is like another coffee shop song. It's just bizarre. It's a weird album. It's it's very much two halves. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the first half. I kind of like the second half a lot though, and I feel like most people would feel the opposite. I almost like uh, from sound, like just the way it sounded, and like what the Dust Brothers turned into. Because uh, if you like listen to the Fight Club soundtrack, I almost thought like they were back for production on this, but. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's, who's doing this I don't, one? Uh, it's either self-produced or it's produced by uh, Mario C. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really like the only person they consistently collaborated with. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a fine album. It's decent. It is a uh, weaker, and it's weak. Man, if it was shorter, I probably would be more lenient on it, but. Yeah, but then when you're like, okay, it's not really like doing it for me. And you're like, there's how many fucking songs? Yeah, left it's and- it's rough. Yeah, but I feel like people would start. Would still probably like it. Just be, I mean, if Intergalactic isn't a selling point, uh, that alone. But oh man, I wonder how many people like bought this album off the strength of Intergalactic and this fucking like hated it. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that second half is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like it. I, dude, I fucking appreciate so much how weird they stayed. Like, that's a fucking weird thing to do to just throw these coffee shop songs in the same album as all that robot rap. It's. <laughs> I will, I will say too that it's like amazing. Each time they came back. Uh, every album was like a big deal and they never like faded out mm. of the limelight. Like they just kind of uh, kind of similar to tool where it's like, you got to wait like six years for the next mm. BC boys album. 
uh, oh well, and they're still going to be gigantic when they put it out. They're they're not just long, but they're they're dense in the sense. Sorry for the rhyme. That they they don't feel like for the most part song after song after song. Um, it, it there's a lot of thought. There's a lot of transitioning. There's a lot of like like thirty second things, thirty second snippets kind of thrown in to space things out. They're 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 good music makers, um, but still didn't care for the sell. Anyway, uh, we are on to the next one. This is two thousand four. Quite a pretty big gap between the last one. And this yep. One. Uh, this is to the five boroughs. Oh, what you what are you saying? All you trekkies and TV addicts Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static All your Klingons in the fucking house Grab your back, street friend, they get loud so high pitch after Hello Master. Listening to MCA right there, fuck, I would never in a gazillion years guess that some Jewish guy. Fucking, he's so gruff and aggressive sounding. He's got a great voice, he does. Yeah. So dramatic. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a superhero theme or something. I was gonna say that. It's like you're watching Better Money for Yeah. All right. All right. So this is the one I would have for sure given worst. Um, ah, you're crazy. No, I hate this album. I think it's fucking awful. And like, I, I, man. <laughs> I don't. Also, I will admit part of that was like there's such like a big gap between Hello Nasty and mm-hmm. To the Five Burrows. Um uh that it was just like, well, we I don't think you know we're gonna get another Beastie Boys album. Mm-hmm. And then it was so like huge, and then check it out was like the single, yeah. and it was just it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I like I like that. I like um, right right now. Like I love their production on it. That doesn't sound like something the BCs had done up until that point. Mm. A lot of like a lot of this more, doesn't sound like what they've done. It's a little more melodic, and it, at the same time, it's also like a, a throwback album. Obviously, because it's called "To the Five uh, Burrows," mm. so. Uh, it's it's weird where it's like modern, but it's also kind of like a throwback to old school hip hop. It's funny you say melodic because I felt the complete opposite. Most of this felt ugly, abrasive, and lacking any kind of musicality. <laughs> uh, it's so uh, uh, like you know you're you're definitely right about the throwback thing. They're like uh, triple trouble. That's like triple trouble. That's what the fuck uh, rapper. That this speaks to the longevity of rappers' delight that someone can sample rappers' delight in 2004 and have it be a big hit song mm-hmm. and not really change much. That this speaks to what a strong song rappers' delight is. I think. Um, actually, I do like uh, "Rhyme the Rhyme Well," which is a hard man. That was harder to say than I was expecting. <laughs> uh, but are there songs like? They, 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 reason why I say it's, I feel like it's the least musical is like there's a lot of songs where it's like repetitive single note synth hits, like just taking up a lot of real estate, like crawl space. Mm-hmm. It's like a hundred percent drums and like just these weird electronic noises. Super weak buried bass line. Um, it's like very little to grab onto. 
I, f- I feel pretty like it's pretty inaccessible. Uh, like the one song that I think of that has really like, like a, the one song I think that has a legit baseline is uh, an open letter to NYC. And I hate the I, I love hate, that hate it. I love that song. <laughs> I hate that baseline. It's so nineties. It's it's fucking. I think it's the I think it's that uh, group, the Dead Boys, and it's just like who samples the Dead Boys, the fucking Beastie Boys do. Yeah. Ah, uh, wait. And then uh, Dead Boys, the punk band, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I only heard their album one time, like years ago. I remember not liking it that much. But so I think, yeah, I think that's a Dead Boys sample the bass. Um, oh. If it's not the bass, they it's for sure. Producer? Sa- what happened? Is it Sonic Reducer? I think it is. Dude, how did I pull that out of my ass? I like that's how much I know these stupid fucking bands. I don't even like the Dead Boys, but of course I know the the song. Uh, yeah. But go on. And then like uh the Bruhaha, that's some like wild sampling and production going on there. I don't know. I'm putting it on. But yeah, throw some of the Bruhaha on. This fucking harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's wild. With the blood clot, I rap a lot. What you gonna do when the beat go drop? What you talk about, Willis? Who the illness? You know, my name is Adam. Stop calling me Phyllis. You hear yourself special like what's the glamour? It's just me naked on the cover of the glamour. I know what you're talking about. 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 See, this is what I mean about being less musical. It's a lot of like synth hits with like nothing behind it. I do think that's pretty cool. I think I think it might have just blended in at, the, at a certain point because of how. First of all, the fatigue. The fatigue is real. Sure, uh, sure. But then I did go back to it, and I thought like none of his, none of this. I can't, I can't force myself to remember any of these songs. Just compared to the rest and how memorable a lot of it is. Uh, fucking really this one stuck out as me hating it quite a bit uh i do think it's like it, it feels half written a lot of the songs like it has that little that really cool sample in the beginning but then that that chorus thing it just they eliminate everything that's just that simple synth hit musically like they it sounds half written bothers me it bothers me a lot yeah. it's not as like instrumental for There's sure like no instrumentals on here also yeah and so because of that you also don't hear any of them playing any instruments and that i've i really grew accustomed to that like i really liked how much they played live stuff because it's so rare in hip-hop where you have like just a full band doing doing this stuff uh it's it makes a all- big difference it's almost like they went forward in time and they said, I wonder what Mike Mansour in 2020 thinks. What, what should we follow? <laughs> Which is uh, where we'll end up next. <laughs> I know. I know. This, okay. We're going to move on because it's a perfect transition. This is 2007. The mix up. This album caught me real off guard. See, like, I like living through it, so. Really? Yeah. I had no idea this was coming. No idea. I remember going to uh, Best Buy to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Best Buy. The Best Buy. Woo. Oh, this is just a legit ass jazz band. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so. So we're gonna give a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, no vocals come in for the whole album. No vocals, no sampling. Hundred percent them being a band uh, yeah an instrumental jazz it's, funk band it's crazy like um i feel so like i heard this first obviously uh but it reminds me of this james brown album called show is funky mm. where james brown went full full instrumental no vocal and he played organ and it's a great little like ep i think it's an ep mm-hmm. And it's great. And it doesn't really get talking about because most people like James Brown's voice. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Sorry. But I, I kind of think because I had heard this, it made me more open to show is funky. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no way that didn't influence this because there's a lot of show is funky vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also like this funk New York band called ESG. I may have talked about them once or twice. A lot of ESG vibes on this album so like oh man is this a delight to listen to mm-hmm. like start to finish oh this is really easy let's do it like i keep calling it austin powersy but this is austin <laughs> powersy goodness <laughs> like it's <clears throat> it's it's very similar to a lot of the instrumental stuff that we heard on like the past few albums um but to the nth degree like it's so relaxing it's the best background music um Nothing musically groundbreaking, but it's it's just really well done. Like, I, it do, yeah, it doesn't have to be because no. this it feels good. Yeah, you, you man. Anybody who denied the Beastie Boys before, they can't say shit because these guys are so talented. Like, this is expertly pulled off. This entire genre, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, also, it's probably like probably like one of the few like instrumental albums to like be sold and like huge chains like mm. best buy and and targeting shit like that it's not just like so, standard jazz stuff yeah so that's like interesting too is they you know mm-hmm. put out a instrumental album and it was you could pick it up anywhere uh i, I think it's pretty i think it's actually severely underrated because i never heard about this i never heard about it once i had no idea this was oh coming. man i w- Damn, I almost like, damn, like, I want to like, oh man, you need to like, listen to the mix up. Like, so good. and now I can't do that anymore, but I, you know, I'm glad you got around to it. Yeah. It's like the, the conceptually, the fact that they did this deserves so much respect because like they've always been super diverse. Like we, we talked about they, they threw they throw in a hardcore song in the middle of a hip hop album. It's like, they've always been willing to take risks like that, but to go just abandon the, their entire genre that, that they, that made them and just, we're going to do, we're going to do this, this fucking soul funk thing and uh, no rapping, no lyrics. And it's going to be real. I, I will say that's another interesting aspect is like musically, it's not all over the place. It's just, pure like funk and soul it's a whole album of the instrumental songs that were on the the previous albums essentially Um, i actually think the instrumentals on like the previous albums were a little more like like jammy i don't want to say jam band but like 
these i don't know are definitely more funk i oh, think yeah. more funk Re- influence yeah, than sure. the yeah. other instrumentals yeah there's a lot of funkiness on here uh it's real good. I mean, just to throw out a couple of names, I don't know, 14th Street Bake, like it a lot, but the Rat Cage, yep. real good. I, uh, I also wrote down 14th Street. I love the dirty guitars. They have that uh, that weird percussion in it, too. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure what it is, but... Uh, there's, a, there's actually even some, like, sitars in uh, Dramatically Different. Like, yep. Beastie Boys with sitars. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. We liked all the, the same tracks. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, uh, Sako did Tangere and Gala event. You mm-hmm. get, like, some dub reggae influences mm-hmm. on there, so. Yeah, it's, like, I, I really fucking hate reggae, but goddamn, like, it, everything about this is just so soothing. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, dub, dub reggae is where it's at. Like, Interesting. That's the, that's the reggae you want to wanna be listening to. All right, all right. I will, I will consider that, absolutely. Um, and then... Oh, earlier I was talking about like, oh, they like tricked all these people into listening to like instrumental album. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the first instrumental album we've ever talked about. Like, I think it is. Yeah. Now, hold so. on. Who the hell did we talk about in the past? We're at like, this is the episode 34. We've done a fucking bunch of people. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's it has not to be. common for, for most bands. So yeah, there's like, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Especially like old like, bands that we talk about, like typically older ones, they're nowadays we're getting more instrumental bands, bigger like or more indie instrumental bands, experimental kind of stuff. Back then, not as much. Um, you know, we we, we got to do Mahavishnu Orchestra, right? We're gonna do them pretty soon. They're instrumental. Uh, right? I think their their discography may be beefy, but yeah, they're all right. They're, they're instrumental. They're on the list and they're old. That's a, that's a rare one. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's great. It's a good album. Conceptually, it's, it's amazing. I'm so glad they did this. It's a uh, fuck, man. Listen to the Beastie Boys, man. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> and then, yeah, didn't, didn't phase them at all. Like mm-hmm. they were so gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to take away all that brass monkey money. <laughs> God. Which I guess backtracking i guess def jam did take it away from them for a little bit did they yeah that's why they oh. went to capital oh, that's the right. whole, like yeah they wanted that second album they're yeah. like no you're a shitty label we're going mm. we're going somewhere else all right we are on to the very last album it's a, it's a bittersweet type of thing this is 2011 hot sauce committee part two <laughs> What the fuck? Section good. Yeah. 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 It's what? It's awesome to hear them rapping again.
I will say like uh being like a kind of kind of like oh a lot of singles are like played out i think like the bc boys hits like outside of uh the shit ones uh the first album yeah. or license sale yeah like all their hits after that i'm like i don't care like there's still good to yeah, me that so song good. is fucking great it's a great song Overall, though, didn't care much for this album. It's kind of there's some misses on here, but then sure. I feel like because it was their last one and because MCA was dealing with cancer, I, I'll cut it some slack. Mm. But uh, it does kind of tail off towards the end. For but sure. um, yeah, there's a few songs yeah. that I legitimately hate. <laughs> like, like, like what? Don't play no game that I can't win. It's okay. It's uh, okay. It's and, uh, and then uh yeah, that one we were talking about how the Beastie Boys don't have a lot of collabs. Mm-hmm. Don't play no game has Santi Gold on it. Yeah, so. that's right. Wait, was she one and of the that, ones you you told me to listen to? I think I did tell you yeah, to listen to I remember her. Recognizing that name. Uh I don't hear her voice. I just hate the melody that she's singing <laughs> quite a bit. Um Going back to the featuring thing, we got too many rappers with Nas, which mm-hmm. doesn't like the lyrics don't like mesh with the beat to me. Like, I really love that song. It's a great song. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. The instrumentals are so crazy mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's super synthy and heavy. It's great. Yeah. Um, Lee Majors comes again. It's just kind of weird. Like it's a weird song. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, uh, right. yeah, yeah. it's like a multilateral nuclear disarmament. Mm-hmm. That could have been on the mix up. Like, Oh yeah. The, I think, I believe it's an instrumental, but, um, uh, just to go back to Lee Majors come again. That one's another punk song. Um, yeah, which, which it's been a minute since they've done a punk song, but yeah, they're back mm-hmm. at it. Uh, I do really like Funky Donkey for some reason. I don't know why. Like I feel like I would normally, like, conceptually, I would hate it. It has that really kind of obvious, in your face, you can't ignore baseline. Uh, I like it. Dig it. And uh, Tadlock's glasses, I think, is pretty cool too. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and listen to those. No, I'm gonna put on Funky Donkey just because it's like okay. such an obvious. Like you'll know it immediately. Uh. <laughs> This out of zip disc, send it to your lawyer. Also, those fucking steel drums. File me on the I know. You should buy some steel drums. That is a 90s hip hop beat right there. Real bass heavy. Yeah. Um, I guess some history on it. Mm-hmm. I bet some people are like, well, this part two, where's part one? Oh yeah. It's all title of the album. It's all, it's all very, very confusing. 
uh, I wouldn't like long story short. I don't think like a part one is ever coming out. Is there um, supposed to be? Yeah, I think some of the a lot. They've said so many things about like, oh well, songs from part one ended up on part two, and then we're putting some songs from part two on part one. Uh-huh. It's all very confusing. It sounds like um, a lie. <laughs> Because it's been well, you know, almost 10 years. Well, it was supposed to come out in 2009, part one. And then MCA was diagnosed with cancer. And it was just kind of a mess. Uh, and then, yeah, it was like they ended up recording more music. And they were like, it was like a puzzle they were trying to piece together mm-hmm. but yeah i don't think uh part one is ever going to come out the bc boys have tons of bonus tracks right. people can seek out so yeah what like did you happen to know any of like their i don't want to say posthumous but post mca i guess um like outtakes compilations stuff like that uh i don't know if they did i don't know if mm-hmm. they they did. That's why I said I wouldn't like hold my breath right. for part one or anything. I think, I think a lot of stuff that was on part one ended up on here. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, if you're, I'm assuming everyone listening to this does a, some sort of streaming. Um, for most of the albums, there's all there's like uh, at least an extra hour per album of bonus stuff. Um, so much bonus so stuff if you real hardcore about it. Yeah, each each album is like yeah, with the deluxe editions and stuff, it's like two hours long. So, uh, there's a they've they're prolific. Not, they're not. I don't want to say prolific, but but prolific enough because prolific. I you know you think Prince who has impossible <laughs> amounts of albums to listen to. Um, yeah, this, this you could do, but there's a if you're a fan, which you should be. There's there's a lot. But yeah, uh, overall. I mean, none, very little of this is I felt was actually bad, but um, most of it just doesn't work for me. It's really, you know, electronic, groovy, danceable, but very few memorable hooks, you know, especially mm-hmm. in rhymes too. Like, I don't know. I feel like for a band that is a hip hop group, we don't talk about their fucking methods quite as much as I think. We, I mean, it's oh, no. Even, even I'm guilty of it. I didn't like write down their lyrics like I usually do with mm-hmm. hip hop artists. Um, um, yeah, I think that goes back to like the fluidity and like trading off so much. They don't have like too many, too many like punchlines. No, yeah, there's yeah, nothing or, you can like quote. And also, it it, it, hmm? it goes it goes by so fast too that most don't absorb what they're saying because they got good they got good lines yeah it's just sure. it goes by so fast also the way it's produced it's really hard to understand them like you got to read them it's because listening to it just passing uh i found it really hard to distinguish what they're saying and especially with mm-hmm. fucking adirak yeah! it's really <laughs> really tough to figure out what the hell he's saying um and the fast are super fast yeah, I will say I did notice like reoccurring like uh, BC Boy themes like Star Trek, uh, KFC, because <laughs> uh, yeah, you got like finger licking, finger licking good, uh-huh. and then they yeah they talk about KFC a lot if you sit down with the lyrics. <laughs> um, That's the best thing I've heard about this. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. 
I'm sure if you just type in Beastie Boys KFC, I'm sure someone's like you know compiled. That's what we're gonna do the, right now. I'm gonna do that. Hold on. Do it. Uh, sitcoms. They do sitcoms a lot. So like, and even though you're like, man, they got they're going crazy fast, and they like endless what seems like endless amounts of words. Like they do have things they return to, or like um, the air. A grade or whatever the that first punk song they were like resampled some of those lyrics mm-hmm. on Paul's boutique too. So I googled Beastie Boys KFC and a whole bunch of things came up. See, including here's one headline: uh, Beastie Boys joined PETA against KFC. That is a they used to love it. They used to love it. That but, was 2005. Uh, so uh, who knows? And that's also. I don't, I don't, there's a lot of things here, but anyway, that's fucking interesting. Uh, so yeah, they got these kind of like home base things yeah. they, they go back to. Uh, yeah. And it's all fun, man. Like there's just a fun fucking band. Like, I don't know. They're all just so charismatic. Um, and that's not even taking into account their actual abilities as musicians, which is like, oh man, please everyone listen to all their stuff, but not all of it. Okay. Don't do what we did, but <laughs> fuck, for sure. Listen to like the mid nineties stuff. God damn. It's real good. I, I like all it. There's like three phases to the beastie boys. I like, uh, the middle and the end a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, what's the middle? I mean, what's the beginning? I think the beginnings like the punk stuff, and uh is it ill communication or license to ill or license to ill sorry yeah. and then the middle is like paul's yeah. check your head ill communication yeah that's for sure and hello and then the bookend and stuff is uh to the five the mix up gotcha. and hot sauce committee i can do with most of those except well the mix up is still uh, yeah for sure but uh this one like again i don't I didn't hate it but it, i don't I'm not going to come back to it. Um, I was having a lot of trouble getting through it. Like it just, nothing was, was grabbing me except for, you know, like the couple songs that I mentioned, but still it could do a lot worse for a band that was in their fifties, uh, fifties, right? Yeah. It's about 10 years ago. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But anyway, when did uh, MCA die? He died in 2012 uh-huh. from, oh. uh, from cancer real soon. after and- this one. Yeah, that was, man, that was a bummer because, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can't like, it's the three of them. You yeah. can't, you can't replace well, anybody. Mike Dean Adrock, pretty interchangeable. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. They do I sound interchangeable though. They do sound very similar, but, mm. uh, no, I, that's why I actually joked a lot about when MCA deals. Like, yeah, they take the one that sounds different. That's fucking how unfair. <laughs> I think. I think because uh, he was there from the beginning. I mean, so was Mike D. Yeah. But I think he was definitely like their their visionary, like their director too. Really? Like, yeah, and that's not like taking anything away from Mad Rock or Mike D. But I think uh, it was definitely a ship uh, MCA steered. And mm-hmm. I did not know that. Did not know that. I was. Thought, I mean, isn't Mike D. like the fa- the face of BC Boys, the most famous one? I feel like. That's the other thing. Like, I don't feel like there's like a face to the BC boys. I think it's all three of them. Like, yeah. 
they all it's funny like their voices you can get them mixed up a little bit but like visually like all three of them look so different too oh yeah yeah mike d i didn't realize how much he reminded me of fucking ron perlman (laughs) (laughs) mike d is just like a standard jewish guy ad rocks forever a little kid and then uh adam's uh middle-aged dad who's in a rap group for some reason who sounds the most violent out of all of them (laughs) oh man his gruff yet smooth voice yeah oh man yeah i'm glad we did this band uh it was Bad I'm glad you came. Us. I I I came ready to fight. Really? Uh, you you said you weren't looking forward to it, and I wasn't. I and, legitimate, uh, legitimately wasn't. Uh, yeah, so I I came ready to hold my ground. And yeah. I'm glad you saw the uh, you saw the light. I blame the timing, our social timing, like the fact that we're fucking quarantined right now, and like the world is a mess, and everybody's like hates each other. <laughs> it's hard to like you know be open-minded and listen to some fun ass hip-hop it's like oh well yeah i've they've been in my life so uh mm-hmm. yeah they got real positive lyrics too mm-hmm. after after fucking i keep forgetting license sale after yeah. license sale you're forgetting for uh, a reason that's a bad album yeah 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 <laughs> so like after that they have some positive lyrics so if people need that right now definitely uh mm-hmm look up some inspiring or positive beastie boys lyrics man just the, the fact that we we both have no idea what what life will be like when this airs i hope it's a little bit of me is the, the piece of shit in me hopes it's still pretty bad so people will want to listen to something very fun like the beastie boys because <laughs> like fuck man it's, it's i mean yeah. i mean talking about like the future i think obviously this is shitty and no one wants it but man one of the silver linings is i think some some awesome art is uh gonna come out of all this it has to uh we have nothing else to do except fucking write and do shit someone yeah someone is locked up in their house right now doing the next paul's boutique that is literally me. I'm doing Paul's Boutique 2. <laughs> it's called Hot Sauce Committee Mike. Part 1. <laughs> Mike's going to put out Hot Sauce. Mike, Mike M's going to put out a Hot Sauce Committee Part 1 and finish the, uh, the narrative. I, I will take that. I will take that baton. I know it's been it's a, it's a heavy load. <laughs> uh, no, but like as a, as a musician myself, I've been doing a lot of that. A lot of that. Like, what the fuck else are you going to do? You're, you're stuck at home. And you, I got all like, man... I have like all of our podcasts set up for listeners and viewers. I'm, I have all of our podcasts set up at my house right now and it is a fucking clusterfuck. My desk is just covered in, I was telling Alex before we started recording, I look like a fucking hacker, like everything, just <laughs> so many things in front of me. Uh, but it feels, uh, yeah. Like if I, if I can't get anything done with all this stuff in front of me, then I'm useless. So yeah. God bless the quarantine <laughs> or something. God damn it. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to look for the silver lining. <laughs> Don't go outside, people. Totally misconstrued <laughs> what I said. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 bad, but we'll get through it. Hopefully. Ah, so recap. What's uh, what do you got, Alex? Well, we're lame. We did the same thing. This Almost time, so. the same thing. Well, for the most part, uh, same thing. Yeah. Uh, worst. 
is uh, some old bullshit. Some old yeah, bullshit. Some old yeah. bullshit. Best Paul's Boutique. Personal favorite. <laughs> Check your head. All that is the same for me, except License to Ill is my personal least favorite. I, You can't make me listen to that fucking album again. I just... <laughs> You know what? I, n- I never do it. I'm going to use personal like uh, oh, just least favorite le- least favorite on Hello Nasty. Oh, OK. This is the first time. 34 episodes. You f- you finally distinguished. I finally caved. What finally is the word? Distinguished. Yeah. I mean, Cause th- yeah, that's arguably like there's some talent in there. Yeah, there's it's not a bad album. But yeah, again, like I, I appreciate that License to Ill has a lot of people like i personally will not go back to it uh but objectively there's no crazy denying, yeah there's no denying how bad some old bullshit is so i think we can at least agree there that's just more like if you're like bc boys historian pretty much got pretty much. some old bullshit to kind of go back and see see where it all began mm-hmm. uh so that it brings us to the end of another fucking hefty as shit episode but uh, like we just mentioned a lot, we had nothing better to do. So thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, you know, if you got any, I mean, once again, I skipped plugs in the beginning and this time it was not intentional. I meant to actually do plugs at the beginning. I didn't. God damn it. But if you uh, enjoyed that, you, know, you want to help us, you, you share, subscribe, you know, iTunes, Spotify or not, you could do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, but you know what? Fuck that. Do it because you got nothing better to do. I, I know you have nothing better to do. Please share this. Tell a friend. We really, really need it. Um, also, Spotify playlist on the BC Boys of songs that we've all put together. Uh, you can find that in the description of wherever you're listening or watching as well as everyalbumever.com. There's a playlist associated with every episode that we've done. So go ahead and you know, listen to all that. Okay. Last song. I think... For sure is Alex's. I will find it. You can trust me. I swear to God, I will not steer you wrong. So it's going to be off to give you a head start. It's going to be off. Check your head. Check your head. Okay. Which song are you doing? It's got to be gratitude. I don't. It's this uh, fuzzed out guitar song that I love. Or no, it's bass. Fuzzed out bass. That is... uh, speaks to the diversity of the band and what I think is their best rock song. Hell yes. So thank you for listening, everybody. See ya.